Hi, Jay. Lonely Adventure. Uh, you're breaking my heart, friend. Uh, I feel your pain, uh, and you can't be so hard on yourself about uh, the stress that you are experiencing with uh, COVID and everything else. Um, I feel like I can sympathize. My wife is also a nurse working in a hospital. I am working from home, and you, you know, you want to always be up. You want to have your energy up. You want to be there and excited and. Uh, you just want to be uh, a never-ending font of support and energy because of the pressure that they are on at work. And, you know, it's, it's unrealistic. Uh, and I think, I know my wife at least has expressed that she understands that. Uh, I occasionally also get a little snippy, even though my work is far less stressed than hers is. Uh, running out of time, be right back. Things he won't share with us, the darkness in his brain, the dungeon master's plan, the pleasure and the pain. What's better left unknown? Keep calling out to me. I hear him think out loud. Only the brave shall come. My name is Che Webster, and this is the Roleplay Rescue Dungeon Master's Diary. And I don't say this flippantly at all, but at least for my wife, um, I feel that she is having, she is coping better with the pandemic than I am because all her time at work is spent in a frenzy of activity. She's uh, exhausted when she gets home, absolutely. Her hospital has seen a, a lot of loss in staff. Uh, people just not willing to put themselves at risk and the hospital's unable to provide them with the proper PPE and uh, there's a whole lot of other stuff going on there also. But uh, I think of the 12 people she started with there last year, there's only four of them left. Um, yeah, so she's considered an old hand now. <laughs> Which is hilarious because she hasn't even finished her first year of true nursing yet. But uh, because she's so busy, she's uh, she's not able to dwell on things and get inside her own head. Oh, running out of time again. And in some small ways, it's kind of a blessing. Whereas I work at home as an illustrator, uh, it's hard to be creative when you're stressed out. And it's my job to be creative, so that stresses me out even more. <laughs> uh, and like you, I'm uh, kind of, you know, I'm isolated. I only interact with people through my computer, which is how I operated for many, many years as a work-at-home freelancer. But it's a, it's a difficult mental adjustment to make. And yeah, I have enjoyed my two months at home again for the first time in a few years. But I'm looking forward to getting back into the social environment of my studio space where I usually, you know, work in isolation. But when I want to have that human contact, I just open the door and step out of my studio and I can have that. But uh, I'm not burning off the energy. So I'm, I'm, I'm left alone in a quiet house with the dog to, to really get inside my own head, which for someone like myself, uh, that's very unhealthy. But you seem to have identified the issues and, and come up with some very good uh, procedures and strategies for dealing with them, looking for your blockers, as you were saying. And uh, I generally find, uh, as you talk your way through things that are challenging you in life, 
you always come to the, the show with uh, a solution. Now, whether or not it's going to be successful or not, who knows? Time Only time will tell. But you're not just resigning yourself to it, which I really admire. You have a plan of action and a way to uh, reverse the situation and take control of it back from it. And uh, I really like that. Anyway, uh, and don't worry about your gaming. Gaming is really weird right now. <laughs> uh, I have a hard time maintaining uh, my enthusiasm for a lot of stuff I'm involved with. Uh, and even things I am enthusiastic about, the Gygax 75 challenge I'm doing, I'm just overwhelmed by other things, so I think I'm going to have to take a week off from that. And that's okay. All right, that's uh, way too many messages, so I'll sign off now. Just say, you know, be kinder to yourself. Um, be safe. Uh, and if anyone in your neighborhood needs a ditch dug or something like that, offer to do it for them. That physical activity will uh, will do you wonders. Uh, I've been the last week really lamenting. I've I've worked uh, in my youth, worked several physical jobs, and I was a flight instructor, which is not super physical, but there's enough manhandling things and doing stuff that uh, transitioning to a sedentary life as an illustrator has uh, been a challenge and it's been 15 years and it's still a challenge uh, to keep myself moving enough uh, sometimes you just need to go and blow off the energy and get yourself so tired that you can't think about the things that are stressing you out so yeah <laughs> go dig a hole <laughs> hope you feel better and uh, looking forward to more episodes take care man thank you lonely adventurer you know sometimes i feel like we're entering into a kind of conversation uh, long distance and little blocks of time but that was just a wonderful thing to receive this week and I, I wanted to thank you for it uh things have been fine to be honest um yeah all of those changes that i talked about so far have worked and you're going to hear quite a lot about how removing the blockers and uh, making space for myself has kind of changed the direction of things in this episode so yeah, it's all been good but thank you so much it's good to hear your personal experience too um and to know that i'm not alone my my wife's finding it pretty tough but um we're there supporting each other and of course next week uh for me here in the uk as a teacher uh, i get to return to school so that'll be fun <laughs> i'll be honest i'm quite looking forward to it it's uh it's sunday night here as i record this and tomorrow morning you know i return on the 15th of june to their classroom at least to tiny mini classes of about eight kids um, but we'll see how it goes but like i said thank you i really appreciate you opening up sharing that little snippet of your own experience with us and um yeah i would go dig ditches but um i don't have a spade <laughs> thanks man game on I wanted to just update you really on what's been happening in the last few days. Um, I've been mostly focusing on my solo gaming ever since Friday night, really, when we agreed to play some Savage Worlds in Weird War 2 setting uh, for the Friday night gamers. And ever since really the end of last week, I think on Friday as well, finally deciding that we were going to stop the second Han group and it's going to be a monthly game, I was then sort of freed up and... I don't think my evil Jeff will mind me saying this, but actually we agreed to hop online, have a little chat, and um, it was Saturday afternoon when we actually got online for a conversation, really to try and uh, live out what evil Jeff was suggesting in terms of identifying blockers. And I think actually, I, you know, I'd done a lot last week when I sat down and, and started to sort of cull away those things that 
were essentially overloading me. The biggest problem I have, I think, is I tend to overload, especially with the way work is right now. And I'm facing next week, um, really planning towards going back to school from the it's going about the 15th of June, I think, onwards uh, in the UK. We're going to try and get some of the students, the exam groups in year 10 and 12, at least sometime in school. And um, I took the decision last week, really, to volunteer to step forward, despite the fact that I'm an asthma sufferer and I'm supposed to be sort of protecting myself. Uh, actually, I just feel like, you know, what I am as a teacher and who I am as a teacher, it's really important for me to teach. And um, I feel like, you know, being at home as well, it would be healthy for me, I think, to get out and, you know, start, rip the Band-Aid off, you know, start taking uh, the initiative, really, and coming back to our work. Um, I know it's a da dangerous time still. I know there are a lot of concerns around it. And I think our school is doing a lot of good stuff to mitigate that. And, of course, you know, this all may end up being for nothing because you know a lot can happen in a week but that's the plan anyway um with all of that going on all of that sort of buzzing around i returned to the concept and the idea of my solo play and uh jeff and i had a really good conversation about what was blocking that and of course big part of that is time but also i feel that actually for me it's been um the fact that i, I solo in two ways and i tend to always fall back on the first of those two ways, which is to self-play, you know, to try out things, to learn the game by running combat scenes most commonly um, and not gen generally go much further. And it's that second strand that I want to explore more. So uh, there are two kind of ideas in my mind for solo play at the moment. One of those is uh, get playing GURPS 4th uh, edition Prime Directive, which is role-playing in the Starfleet universe as sort of currently managed by Amarillo Design Bureau. And I'm looking forward to receiving the uh, the new edition, new revised editions, which have just been revised 2020, published, I think, early 2020, um, of that game. And, um, you know, when that arrives, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dive in and I am going to run some games for myself in the Starfleet universe because I really enjoy that. And I think it will scratch the itch of Star Trek for me. And I think it's also, for me, there's an element of self-play here because I think it's also the bridge into doing a sort of Star Trek game of my own. I've, for many years, I have wanted to, to play something I call Dark Trek, which is the sort of Star Trek universe with a dark twist. Um, I always find uh, the Star Trek universe as presented in the movies and in the TV series, you know, something that really inspires me and I really enjoy and I, which, you know, I could use as a teaching tool till the day I die, but which actually... Uh, also, I feel has, um, you know, suffered from the inconsistencies over the years and the different writers and all those things. And I just kind of feel like one of the things I like about the Starfleet universe is it's, it's much more internally consistent. It's based on the original series and it sort of takes things forward in a very different way. It's in many ways more militaristic. And I think that I, what I would like to do ultimately is, is take the Starfleet universe uh, and then bring in elements from the Star Trek universe and kind of create um, a mashup of my own, what I call Dark Trek. Um, or is it Dark Directive? Anyway, the other idea that's been bubbling around my mind is to actually revisit the world that I created, really, or did I, that I dreamt as a 12-year-old in about 1983. 
uh, the world of Mykovnia, which I have many times tried to use as the name of a fantasy world I've been building to play with other people, which, which I've decided to reclaim. Talking to, to with uh, Jeff about this, it was really clear to me that this is something that's hugely important to me in um, a spiritual sense as much as a psychological and gamer sense. Uh, for me, there is something deep in there, in uh, the series of dream experiences that I had, which I won't get into here, when I was young, um, and which I felt uh, that I'd visited that world, that it was almost like a place that does exist in which I visited. And, and this resonated with me. When I first read that Greg Stafford claimed to have discovered Glorantha in 1966, um, which I think actually came much later. You know, I, didn't, I don't think I discovered this idea until, you know, way, way later, maybe the late 90s or early 2000s. But um, when I discovered that he had had this experience, I think I, I re it resonated with me. Um, and actually there's so much that Greg Stafford's work, the late Greg Stafford, is just uh, an amazing creator for me. Uh, he was really into, um, you know, that kind of, a mythology really he, you know it's the myth glorantha is the mythologist's world it is absolutely amazing to visit and um the symbolism of it all and everything else has always appealed to me but i don't know there's 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 this world yeah, that i have visited or that is inside of me however you want to look at it and um in recent i've been reading a lot more uh come back to carl jung's psychology and uh generally you know analytical psychology really something that again resonates with me and i've been coming back to a lot of that stuff and i feel like it's time for me to take the plunge solo into into something that is actually semi-spiritual in nature semi-psychological in nature um or perhaps it's very much those things but to um create a character and and enter that world and explore it uh through solo play and to facilitate that i've i've grabbed out a couple of things and um i'm going to use uh i think i'm going to use the mythic gm emulator um and obviously i'm going to use gurps now um i have also you know planning just to take a time to dive back into the roots of my hobby um and uh yeah i think it's going to be an interesting dive so uh you know hang on to your hat guys Tuesday afternoon and we have one of the most exciting of those things that happens a parcel to unbox and whilst there's been a lot going on in my hobby in the last few days I've hardly got to the mic um, yeah this is cool I always love this um, basically I have a subscription to myus.com who are essentially a freight forwarder from the USA and uh, stuff that I can't get shipped to the UK very easily or which is stupidly expensive to do so I, I have forwarded to this address and then it all kind of comes in in one chunk. So this is one big chunk of stuff that has accumulated in the last really two months. And I'm going to start unboxing it. Um, usually what they do is they unpack things and then repack them in a box for you. And it kind of collectively saves you the postage. Um, and there's a nominal kind of charge monthly to uh, have the PO box. Um, but I, I do enjoy getting these when they come on occasion. And... Uh, I probably have one of these every couple of months, two, three months. Um, some pieces I pick up, usually from Kickstarters. But here goes. Right, I kind of went mad, um, and I ordered a copy of Torg Eternity. Uh, my friend Derek is kind of a huge fan of Torg, has been since the year dot. And um, yeah, I thought I would get a copy of that. So the first thing on top here is Torg Eternity. Um, which is absolutely fantastic. Um, 
And um, yeah, to go with that, I got a copy of the uh, drama deck. And that means I can play, basically. I have a Kickstarter here, um, which has been sort of opened and then rebagged. So let's just go this. One of, uh, one of my favorite kind of uh, starts, really, nice and simple. So I have Fantasy, scene, uh, Fantasy City Sites and Scenes by Philip Reed. Um, it doesn't look a little frayed at the edges now that it's been unpacked, but here we go. Uh, in full colour inside, a whole, essentially a big selection of scenes, as it suggests on the book, uh, to put in cities, which I thought might be kind of fun. Um, yeah, it looks cool. And with that, um, a copy of the thing I wanted more, actually, than I wanted the book, which is the Dungeon Challenge card, a 36-card deck of inspiration for GMs, uh, Dungeon Challenge cards, which are, you can get it digitally, but... You know, this is it for getting it printed at the moment. So lovely to get those. Um, it's amazing, they even leave, left the old bag. Never mind. Now, the thing I was most looking forward to, um, I'm going to leave till last. Um, but what I do have here is um, a really to complete my collection of the Dead Rain stuff from Palladium, uh, and as it was on sale, I got a copy of Hell Followed, uh, the Dead Rain source book, which I think is the sixth, not quite sure, source book, fifth or sixth, something like that. Um, yeah, source book six, Hell Followed. <laughs> Fantastic. Kevin Symbiada has signed this. Um, which I didn't expect, it's really, really amazing, dated 2020, but it says Dead Rats Live, which is fantastic, <laughs> fits me beautifully, and it's just fantastic. Um, so yeah, this is an extension to the Dead Rain setting, which I intend to do something with. I don't know whether to do it with uh, GURPS or whether to do it with uh, Savage Worlds, but I'm gonna do something with it. I feel my, my gut is telling me GURPS it, Che, but you know, that's always my gut, isn't it? So I'm really pleased to get that, because that sort of completes my collection until the seventh book arrives, which is going to print soon, I believe. Um, and then the thing that I was rushing this order to get, really, um, so I'm hoping this is going to be uh, all safe and just taking the shrink wrap off, basically. It's been wrapped in sort of, um, yeah, cling film. Uh, so, let's get rid of that. From now, the astute, uh, the astute gamer might be able to pick up before I say anything more. So this has come from Amarillo, Texas. From the Amarillo Design Bureau, Incorporated. Do you know what it is yet? So I have the revised edition of Prime Directive, and wow, it's cool. I expected one big tome, but I actually got two, three tomes here. So I have, um, yeah, Prime Directive, role-playing in the Starfleet universe, Core Rulebook Volume 1, create a character, um, and Core Rulebook Volume 2, playing the game. Awesome. Um, and of course, GURPS Directive, uh, Prime Directive Federation, for 4th edition GURPS and Starfleet University, the revised edition of that as well. So I have 
all of this in its original edition of around about, what was it, 2006, I think, something like that. Um, what does the uh, dates here say? This is the 2020 reprint. 14th of February 2020 is when these were published, so really new. Um, Gertzron Directive 4th edition revised, uh, but originally released, I want to say 2006. Um, I'm pretty sure in the intro somewhere it tells us, so let's see if we can find that information because I don't know, these things matter to me. Um, yeah. Do 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 do. The fourth, or, yes. PD1993. 2003 GURPS Foreign Directive. Oh wow, 2002 was the original GURPS Foreign Directive. And then fourth edition. 2004. Um, awesome. Yeah, really pleased to get these because I really want to play in the Prime Directive universe and um, yeah, digging in. I guess I've been quite stuck with this solo play and, and how to begin. And um, what I've done today is I, uh, I grabbed out those things I said I was going to look at really. I got my Mythic GM emulator book out again actually and I'm going to... Uh, the plan is to review this. I think I just want to look at the adventure bit again um, and how uh, Tarna Pigeon kind of, you know, ex kind of outlines the approach of, uh, and I've got it here now with me, you know, the outline the approach of kind of making lists um, and setting up your adventures in a quite structured way. Um, I think it's something I sort of semi-did when I last solo gamed, um, but I didn't remember it very well. And um, I think, it, you know, simple procedural things for me really like actually using the um the adventure uh summary sheet you know sort of log it and and go through so that was the first thing but i also dug out because i mean, actually got two copies of the gm emulator um i also dug out two other tomes which uh well tomes the little booklets really that come uh, and support mythic and one of those is the location crafter which i've used before and i i tended to always think of this in terms of, of dungeons but actually it's written um, to encourage, you know, the sort of development and exploration of uh, of locations in a broader sense. You know, like actually, as it says here, um, whether it's a dank and cavernous dungeon or the shining and lofty spires of a futuristic citadel, stories from horror to science fiction and fantasy are filled with places for characters to experience. And um, it's kind of, you know, it doesn't matter whether the area is a dungeon, the island, a villain's lair, a haunted mansion, whatever. And I think... You know, I hadn't thought about it in these terms, but I'm placing my character into the world of Mycovnia and um, it's going to be sort of a region. You know, I've, she is within a forest, uh, which is kind of as much as I know. And I think what I'm going to do is use these tools. So I'm going to have a re-look through them, re-read them, uh, re-approach them. Um, so that's the location crafter. I've also got the creature crafter because I felt like, as I'm playing GURPS, you know, this is amazingly good at kind of creating, um, well, exactly that, creatures, you know, challenges and uh various monsters and i kind of thought it would be good to look through this and obviously with GURPS i can build whatever this thing kicks out you know in 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 mechanical terms if you like can also be 
emulated. So um, I'm going to have a dig through that as well. And, and each of these books, they're quite short. I mean, even if they're like 30 pages, I just think a good third to half of it is examples. So um, yeah, I'm going to have a look through those and use them alongside my GM emulated deck. Um, and uh, yeah, see where it takes me over the next few days. Game on. It's Friday morning and uh, it's been an interesting week. Um, work has obviously been fairly intense. There's a lot going on and uh, the main thing is that on Monday next week I return to school. And Monday, Wednesday, Friday next week we're basically in school on Monday and Wednesday with our Year 10 GCSE uh, exam groups. And um, on Friday with my uh, Year 12 A-level group. And, um, you know, I'm really looking forward to that. There's a lot of good stuff there. Of course, it will be like tiny classes, um, you know, sub nine. Nine is the absolute maximum we can put in a room um, with social distancing and all of that in place. And uh, that's, that's fine. And of course, it will be a random selection of students from the year group in terms of the, the year 10, because we can't kind of function as we normally would with a group of uh, around about 30 students you know um, which you would have we have those groups for two years and we you know we develop a relationship with those students but we're just in a situation where it has to be a sort of random sort and that's all fine by me I, I think in a way um, I'm looking forward to you know some contact and some ob- opportunity to talk it's going to have to be discussional it's not a replacement for all the stuff that they're doing at home but it is an opportunity to sort of step back in. So that's the first thing, work is kind of intense, there's a lot of preparation for that. I think last week where I kind of cut back on my hobbies allowed a lot of space and it's been it's been really good, um, a really healthy thing that I have got no game for another week um, and that's the Savage Worlds game on Friday night next week and then I've got no further game for another two weeks um, when we return to Han. And uh, it gives me space. It's allowed me space to sort of return to my solo play, um, as I think I've been talking about all week. But it's an interesting thing. There's a sort of almost primal thing going on in terms of um, sort of returning to my roots. I can't remember what I spoke about earlier in the week. Um, But um, early in the week, I basically sat down with... um, sort of trying to uncover the the roots of the fantasy world that I've I've been wanting to construct and play in for you know 30 40 years something like that um, and it's the world that kind of got conceived um as a teenager essentially as an as a as a sort of a sense that I had and I've been trying to recover that um and it's really important that you understand this is not a sort of nostalgia trip thing it is literally a kind of trying to reconstruct a memory and um, what I found myself doing was, was going back to some sources. Um, although I know it is somewhere in this house, I couldn't find my first edition Palladium rulebook. Uh, it's got the black cover with the, the red dragon on the front. Um, I, or I haven't been able to kind of quite locate. I know it's sort of close to hand, but I'm not quite going to be able to locate it. Um, but I did find my revised edition of first edition um, Palladium, which of course is incredibly similar. Um, and of course, I have my hardback print of the 
second edition, the current edition of Palladium Fantasy. Now, Palladium Fantasy for me is is one of the great sources. So I've been trying to go back and just, you know, figure out what it was. And that's been an interesting thing. Alongside that, uh, what got triggered was Memories of RuneQuest. So I found my copies of RuneQuest. I'm talking about the second edition. came from that original box set that I'm always talking about as being at the root of my hobby. And that, again, triggered some memories and some thoughts. And, again, trying to look through and figure out what it was that really drew me in. And there's a number of factors here. Um, and I, along with that were memories of, of playing Rollmaster and Middle-earth role-playing. Um, I don't have Middle-earth role-playing um, anymore, as far as I know. Um, it might be up there somewhere buried in the in the loft of, of doom. Um, I don't really know. Um, part of me suspects it might there might be bits of it up there, and um, but I you know I have Rollmaster uh, second the kind of reissue recently of uh, I say recently it's like ten fifteen years ago I see put out um, a kind of re- what is now called Rollmaster Classic I have those and I found those and they are sort of hovering on the fringes of my consciousness at the moment. Um, there are all these factors that kind of draw on me. And um, what I noticed, I mean, the first thing I noticed was the sort of a D100 mechanic thing going on there um, because all of those games have that D100 gaming route. And that was kind of interesting to me. Um, but anyway, what I was really looking for was the quality of the world and trying to like reconstruct that. And that's been really interesting. Now, I don't want to actually talk about that too much because I'm still very, it's still very, proto if you like very in its early phases and of sort of forming um but i have kind of allowed myself to imagine uh the beginnings of a character um to sort of insert into this fantasy you know starting all games with a character seems to me a good place um and i've been having some really good conversations with um community members really um had another good chat with daniel ironson uh, daniel james last night and um you know, along the way, I've been talking to others as well, and um, people on Discord have been fantastic. Uh, Evil Jeff, particularly, has been really listening and helping uh, to sort of asking me pertinent questions, which has been really helpful. And um, yeah, I'm at a place where I think I'm ready to sort of just begin. And, uh, you know, it, it's going to be paper and pencil and dice and some simple mechanisms of play and we are going to and try and enter this sort of primal fantasy world that i am seeking to to discover really and to uncover um and that's kind of where i'm at so i know this probably sounds really arcane and perhaps even pretentious to some i don't know but uh, for me it's where i'm at um and i've got space because i don't have any other pressing kind of game for a while I actually have some space over the course of this weekend, really, to allow myself to go there. And um, that's what I intend to do.
it's the strangest thing how the mind works. But um, having said that, I didn't know where my Palladium first edition book was. I kind of suddenly knew that it was in amongst some stacks in our very top room. And I was right, I found it amongst a treasure trove of other things. Many forgotten. I mean, there's a stack of Dragon magazines, one of which, you know, I just had a quick look for dates. We're talking around about 2003. I seem to remember subscribing to the Dragon, you know, perhaps when I came back to the hobby around two, sort of 99, 98, 99 onwards. And um, yeah, big stack of those. I've put them aside to look at. And um, so many other things. Um, I found an, a Stormbringer box set from the 80s and I found Phoenix Command box. And these are crushed boxes that... that they're not in good condition in terms of the outside, but I think the interior is there. And, um, yeah, so many other things, really, some of which will just go instantly on a sale pile, you know, some of which aren't in great condition, but, you know, I don't know, they're, they're really collectible, I don't know. Um, but it's the strangest thing, isn't it? And uh, in amongst it all, you know, some bits and pieces of use. But, yeah, found my Palladium First Edition book, which for some reason I needed to find, so... Feels good. Game on.